0: Okay, so today we're talking about the path of love. And this is part of a series, so if you'd like to get on board with the momentum of the story to really know the significance of this, then you can go back and listen to the previous chapters. Otherwise, we continue on in this narrative. And today, I have to get close to a line which shouldn't be crossed. And I don't intend to cross that line. I intend to very much be respectful of that line. And this is the the clause of confidentiality, right? There are certain things that I cannot say, I don't intend to say, I'm bound not to say. And some people would say even saying anything about path of love is saying too much. So I'm aware of that. I'm sort of sympathetic to that idea. I can understand where that's coming from. And I do intend to keep it completely personal, completely up to my own experience. And if you are involved in Path of Love and you're listening to this, then please do contact me. Please do let me know what you think. And I will either remove this episode or edit this episode or reshoot it in some way if you think it's gone too far. If it's crossed a boundary which shouldn't be crossed because I'm very much wanting to be respectful to the process and to the the whole i guess whatever whatever you call whatever it is the whole path of love <laughs> the whole thing and it is. An untold story, and it remains untold, not just for myself, but for many people, and for many reasons. One, just because it somehow doesn't fit into a story, it somehow becomes degraded by talking about it. And yet, for whatever reason, I find myself here now, tackling that problem. And I hope that by at least somehow attempting to bridge the gap between experience and story, then something good will come from it. My intentions are noble. My intentions are good. Because an untold story needs to be told. It needs to somehow, in some way, if only partially, come to light. So... That's probably enough for a sort of set the tone of what we're dealing with. And as for the narrative of this series, these are stories of what happened in India, my personal stories of my time in India, and there's been a lot that we've talked about in the previous chapters. And it's all sort of been building so this one moment, it's all sort of in building to the path of love, this, this one sort of pinnacle moment of the entire journey. And I've just arrived back, I've just started living in the resort again, I've made the commitment to do this group path of love, and I'm sort of... Just enjoying my time at the resort with my girlfriend and things are starting to build. Things are starting to come online because the weather is starting to even out and it's starting to be nice, cool autumn winter, autumn weather, which is coming into winter and is not so hot anymore in the Indian sun and because it's high season, it's coming into the end of the year, the end of the calendar year, more people are arriving, right? So the population is starting to grow in the resort. And all sorts of people are coming, all sorts of people from different walks of life and different ages and different countries. And it's really starting to get that festive sort of feel and that hustle and that bustle around the place. And Many people arrived, and I made great friends with them right away, and many of them were people who were friends with my girlfriend, and I would make friends with them as well, and many of them were musicians, so we started playing music more often, and one of the things we were doing was playing in the evening meeting, so it was getting to the point where we were playing music almost every day, and of course I wasn't always in it, sometimes it would be that another musician would come along or there'd be someone else. So, I wouldn't need to do it. And would be like, okay, I'll have a few days off or they're better for it. And it was actually starting to sound good, right? With some good musicians, with some, like a full band, with an actual bass player, an actual violin player, an actual guitarist and these sorts of things. It was actually starting to sound like a really good group. And my playing was also starting to get a little bit better, right? I was starting to really get into the the feel of the music understand the songs understand the the process and what it's all about so that was another momentum that was occurring and the other thing is that some heavy cats would be turning up right you'd see people turn up and you think okay you're obviously you've obviously been around for a long time and these are older sons who have like you know, some people had like 50 years of consciousness experience. So, heavyweight facilitators, really heavyweights facilitators. And, as it turned out, many of those facilitators were actually there for Path of Love. And there was this growing thing in the few weeks and days up to the beginning of Path of Love, which was more people were coming and you could see that there was this there was this group, this group of facilitators that were somehow coming together. And you'd see them sort of in this pack or you'd see them having lunch together and there'd be this air about them. There'd be this sort of like, okay, they're here for Path of Love. Something is going to happen in this significant group. So that was a definite sort of... Layer to the nervousness that I was feeling. And then, sort of on top of all this, I was going into this group. And originally, I'd planned to do this with my girlfriend, right? She'd also enrolled in it in a different capacity. She would be having a different role, but still, we would be in it together. And as it got closer, as it sort of drew nearer and nearer, we were sort of having more and more tangles between us. It was becoming more and more difficult, more and more uncomfortable. And I remember I remember one time when it was like we were sharing a locker and I got caught out because we'd been to dynamic meditation and then I'd sort of gone to have my quick shower and wanted to get changed. And she'd locked the locker and then gone off and all my stuff was in it. So, I was sort of, Standing there in the cold with nothing but my towel on and just sort of stuck out, like, what do I do? So I had to sort of go out and see where she was. And it was just so embarrassing to sort of have everyone looking at me, like, well, why are you walking around in a towel? And that sort of, that sort of just like, oh, I just want to get my own locker. I just want to have my own space. I just need to be in my own sort of routine. Was sort of like this. It was like this manifestation of the underlying problem, which was that we had these tangles between us, and it's sort of understandable because when you're in a, when you're in an intense relationship, in a close relationship, you see each other's flaws very quickly, and you have your own flaws brought to the surface very quickly. So, <coughs> pardon me. So, to have that going on and then to have the nervousness of Path of Love just boiling and starting to have this momentum really put me into this quite unstable place. And as it turned out, just a couple of days before Path of Love started, something came up and she had to leave. She couldn't do it. So, I was like, I was sort of relieved, like, oh, she's out of the picture, now I can go into this group and really just focus on my own process, I can focus on my own path. So, that was somehow, somehow good, but dramatic, and I don't want to say too much about it, but for two or three days before the start of Path of Love, I was basically just in silence. I was walking around the resort with my silence badge on, which means no one would talk to me. And I was just in my own place. I didn't go to any of the morning classes. I was just sort of in my own world and just thinking, okay, I'm going into this. I need to sensitize myself. I need to commit to it. I need to really get the most out of this. And I remember the night before, just sort of like walking through the resort in the dark And one of my friends, who'd been a friend of mine like for the whole time that I'd been there, she sort of looked at me, and I'd sort of been avoiding her for the last couple of days. But I looked at her, and it was like, okay, well, this is my last chance to sort of see her and talk to her. So I took my silence badge off, and we just had a moment. And I said, tomorrow I'm starting Path of Love. And she just... Does this gesture like... She goes... Like this. And it's like... That's exactly what I expected. That's the perfect gesture of... What I'm getting myself into. It's like this down... And then this shoot up the other side. Down into the pit. And then up to the... Well... (laughs) Yeah. On the other side. So... It was good to sort of just have that moment and to talk to her and then say, okay, the next morning is when it starts. And I had my own room. I had my own place. I had it all sort of set up so that I could fully focus on the process. And that first day, I went in with the group down into a new room, which I'd never been before. Underground room, padded cells, soundproof, very, very sensitizing when you go into a space like that. And really, from the first moment, it was just absolutely clear that something was coming. Everyone who was in that group knew something was just about to sort of get on you, sort of break into you. And it was sort of well set up because they had the main room, they had the sort of like the entrance room and then the main room, so you'd have this moment where you'd walk through this door, this single door, into the path of love, and I remember just that that first time of walking in and realizing that this is it, there's no turning back, and Having this sense that something really quite dangerous is going to occur. And yet also having support, right? It's this, it's this very strange combination between danger and, and safety. It's like you've got danger really amped up in one sense, right there in your face, and security and support and safety both both like on steroids and right in you and yeah it was sort of like i mean i've thought of an analogy for this it was sort of like we were if you if you imagine a school of fish right they're all sort of staying together for safety And they all sort of cling together to stay away from predators. It was sort of like those first couple of days in that group, a wave had sort of picked up this school of fish and then they landed in this rock pool on a rock shelf by the ocean. And yet that wave was sort of like the last wave of the tide going out. So there was no more wave ...or water to sort of get out of the rock pool. And now all those fish are sort of swimming around this smaller space. And it occurs to them very quickly that there's no way out. They're actually stuck. And not only that, but they're sitting ducks, right? If a predator comes along, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. There's no way to sort of be safe... And not only that, as the first few days unfold, the water gets less and less as it evaporates. The the, the walls are closing in. This seriousness comes after you, right? So, that's, that's sort of how I felt in that moment. And all sorts of things were used to sort of unfurl this process, to sort of Have this like like I can't really go into it because it's so it's so technical and it's so elaborate that it you just you just have no idea what's coming next and not only that but they don't tell you what's coming next right so we had no idea what we were walking into and it's just it's just like strap yourself in hold on and you just have to go with it and in that sort of process. You can't fake it, right? There's no there's no half-assing it. You have to you're forced to bring your full sense to it. So that's what it was like in the first couple of days. And I remember I remember a particular moment when we were sort of brought in and it was it was like everything had sort of been blown to bits everything had sort of just been taken apart and all sort of defences were lost and it was long gone any idea of how or what i could do and In this one particular session, I remember I walked through that door and I was met with just this blaring sound and this complete chaos. And I had my blindfold on, I had my earplugs in, and I sort of walked into an area in the middle of the room somewhere where there was no one around. Most people were sort of off in their own corners. And the sound just kept playing, the, the blaring and the noise of the other people, right? Pe- people were screaming. Some people were singing. Some people were laughing. Some people were talking. Some voice would be having some sort of crisis. And I'm there with my, my blindfold on and my, my eyes closed, my earplugs in. And it's all just sort of coming into me. It's all just breaking. And I realize that things are coming up which I can't stop. And I don't stop them. I allow them. And it's my pain. It's my frustration. It's the people that have betrayed me. It's the mistakes that I've made with my life. It's the things that I'm fed up with. Fed up with having a sore neck. Fed up with having a sore toe. Fed up with not getting what I want. Fed up with having this this burning desire and no way to satisfy it. Just fed up and just sick of everything. And I clenched my hands into the skin above the back of my knees. And I groaned. I made this noise like a groan, somewhere between a groan and a scream. And my jaw clenched. My face clenched. And I groaned again. And the pain amplified. The pain grew. And I clenched my fingers into my skin deeper as I stood there just groaning. And all of it, all of it was just coming in. I was sick of the pain. I was sick of the desire. And I just screamed. I screamed and screamed. With the pain and the noise and everything going on around me. Tears poured down my face, soaking my blindfold. And in this moment I realized that this is Hell. This is the the pain and the suffering of the human condition. This is just the disgust, the hurt, the trauma, the agony. I clenched my jaw. I clenched my fingers into my skin. And I let out another moan. From behind my teeth. And in that moment. Someone jumped down. Into that pit. And they landed right next to me. And they wrapped their arm around me. As if to say. I've got you. I've got you. Hold on. You've got to make it through. And I felt them there just holding me in that hell. And as they held me, it got deeper. A shock went through my whole body. And I hit the bottom. I hit the rock bottom. And when I landed on that bottom, I felt the shock change into this, burst upwards. And they kept holding me. And I kept groaning. I kept screaming. Tears pouring down my face. Barely able to stand. And they had me. It must have only lasted for a few minutes, and I collapsed on the floor afterwards in complete exhaustion, complete emotional exhaustion. And probably the most beautiful thing about that moment is that I don't know who it was. I had no idea who was there for me in that moment of hell. And the process did continue. I mean, that was <laughs> that was probably only about a quarter of the way through that I was having that. And to really have more of those moments in different ways only added to the, the deeper layers and the deeper depths that I found. And there was a moment just after that where I realized that I've been going through this door, right? I've been stepping through this door. And one time, which had sort of brought me to the significance of what it meant to walk through the door, led me to really sense that. Once I walk through that door, there's no going back. Once I go through that door, everything will change. And it's really the end of my life as I know it. And it's very powerful to have that significance in a particular moment, in a very defined moment. And... As the process unfolded and the days sort of kept going and we were sort of in that pressure cooker, you sort of, I mean, you lose track of time, right? You don't really sense days passing because each moment you wake up and you're in it and each time you're in it, it's it's constant. So you're sort of getting deeper and deeper into it until we got to about halfway or maybe two-thirds of the way through And then (laughs) then it was like the waves of the tide had come and crashed and landed on that pool full of the school of fish. And then the fish were free. They could swim out into the ocean again. And it was like this big relief, right? (laughs) So to have that relief, to have that moment opening, and then to see the seriousness and the hell sort of flip and turn into celebration was really something. It was really amazing. And I learnt about celebration in that group like I never could have imagined. It was there that I learnt that celebration is existential. Celebration is a... Mode of being it's a state it's a it's a way of life, really <laughs> in so many ways it's a a a way of just living right living in celebration and that really was just one of many insights that came, many revelations that came, and really, there were so many just like little moments right it's the little moments that somehow begin to soak with meaning they begin to really just have like their own significance to them like for example i remember i remember sitting one time on a break or something and realizing that well when the whole world's on your shoulders wait what was it it was like when you turn your back on the sun a shadow falls ah oh, damn what was it i can't remember it was something to do with the whole weight of the world on your shoulders you turn your back on the sun damn it's gone now yeah i've lost it <laughs> well, what about this one? Here's another one. We were sitting and doing like some drawing and the guy sort of sitting in front of me was, you know, working on his drawing and he he reaches over to the girl next to him and he says, hey, can you remind me what a lotus flower looks like? And with one swift move, she just looks at him And then pulls up her sleeve to reveal this giant tattoo of a lotus flower. (laughs) And he sort of just looked at it and went, oh, right. (laughs) So, that's an example of, like, a little moment which had this sort of just absurdly shocking effect on me. (laughs) Right? Like... What a strange synchronicity that it was her that he asked. And that it was her response to just do that. (laughs) So, maybe maybe you just have to be there for those sort of moments. Maybe you just have to sort of... Well, yeah, I mean, you do just have to be there. It's only significant to me from where I was sitting, right? It doesn't really... I don't know how much it does for a story like this, but... It really was something. And the other real beautiful thing that occurred in Path of Love, of which there was many, was that we were all brought to this place of being able to speak a deep truth. We were really in touch with this thing of speaking in alignment with how we really are, what we really feel. And it takes a lot to earn that. It took a lot to earn that because in the the beginning, at the start, we were sort of forced into that. The process had been designed to sort of bring that onto us, right? Speak your truth. Say what you really feel. Say what you really mean. And, of course, when you first start doing that, there's all the junk Right. There's all the confusion. There's all the dirt. There's all the 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 misplaced desire, the misplaced feelings, the the judgments of others and of yourself. There's the narcissism, the egocentricism, if that even is a word. There's the there's the, the also the trauma. There's the pain, and then there's the relations. Right. I remember, I remember being in that situation. And feeling like I was a monkey in a cage and there was like a monkey next to me who was, you know, part of the experiment of what happens when we give another monkey more food than the other one, right? And I was the monkey that didn't get the right food. Like I was being exposed to this jealousy, right? So my own jealousy was right in my face. And... It happened so quick and it happened as a part of the process so that I could see it for myself and I could really reflect on it and really switch out of it, right? Normally when we have jealousy, we sort of are having it brought on and then we brood in it and then we stay in it and then it sort of slowly fades out as we sort of go on to something else. But when it's brought on quick and then sort of snapped out of it with something else, and you're sort of like forced to see exactly what you're doing with yourself, then you learn how to contend with it. You learn how to actually relate to it. So that's like this junk, right? All of this junk, which you have to burn off. And then once you've burned it off, once you've got through it all, you're brought to this ability to speak your truth, to really say what you mean. Without the fear of the pain, the fear of the loss, the fear of the confusion. So there's a tremendous amount of clarity that comes. And what I was really brought to say in that sort of final few days of Path of Love was that, well... I am who I am, and I'm very happy to be that. I'm very playful about it. And I remember standing up in front of the group just to share a few words and saying, well, my name is Dosta, And it's got a lot of meanings, the name Dosta." But one of the meanings in Japanese, or what it means in Japanese, is what happened? And of course, there's a lot of stories about what happened, because so much has happened. And the answer to the question, what happened, has changed and it will change again. But in some ways it's very simple, in some ways it's, it's very, very simple, because the answer to what happened is that love happened. and it's quite amazing for someone to realize love for themselves might be the most amazing thing that a human being can do and another another significant moment for me was when <laughs> i'd sort of made this resolve to take on the head wolf sort of the boss of the whole thing and i remember coming up to face him and like looking at them looking at him with that that piercing gaze right because i'd learnt i'd learnt the piercing gaze i'd learnt the ability to look at someone's soul the ability to actually look and see what is happening with someone's awareness to see where they're at and I was sort of coming to this this climax with all this momentum of the group behind me and I thought okay I'm going to use this sort of sharpened sight At it's it's like my sight was at its all time highest and I and I said okay I'm going to use it on the head guy right the guy that is the boss of this whole thing the head wolf and I remember just bang, eye contact like this and then trying so hard to go into it, right? Like the the real sort of, and then that experience of having it sort of, just, just yeah. I mean, there's no words for it. It's just like a, it's a time warp in some senses. Well, not a time warp. It'd be more like a, a space warp, right? Your sense of space goes. And it's like, wow, what an experience. Who would have thought that like, eye contact would be such an extravagant mechanism for consciousness development, right? So simple and yet so deep and so powerful. And... I did come out of the group. There was a gradual, careful coming out. It was very well planned in the way that they had it structured so that it wasn't just this shock coming out of the world, coming into the world, back to the marketplace, because you become very sensitive. You become very vulnerable, so you don't want to be... It's like it's like coming out of surgery in a way, right? You need to have some recovery time, you need to take it gradually. And I remember the morning after Path of Love waking up and just feeling the fire all over my body, all throughout my mind, all throughout my feelings. It was just this burning everywhere but it wasn't the burn of hell it was the burn of glory it was the burn of ecstasy it was the burn of that real superhuman strength that comes with just amazing awareness just just beautiful awareness and I got up, I got ready, put my robe on and went down and came out. It was this beautiful sunny day with the light on the leaves. Perfect weather and there was fresh air. I could hear the sounds of the, the water fountains and hear the talkings of people all around and there's these crowds gathering. And I walked right through the the resort, and I remember just having this look with someone who just sort of looked at me, and I looked at them, and it was like, wow, you've just come out of path of love. That's That was the look they gave me. It's just like, you've just come out of path of love. And we we didn't say anything. It was just just a moment's glance like that. And I walked on, and I walked through, and I I stopped in the middle of the sort of eating area and there were people all around having their meals and I stopped near this one table where there was like 20 people having this big banquet and there's sun shining and they're all laughing and they're all talking. I look over and then one of my friends spots me and they go, ah, look over there. Almost like they're in nature and they've seen a, you know, a wild bird or something and they say, Oh, look over there. And I sort of just look at them. And then next to her, next to them, I realized that, well, my girlfriend is there. And she came up to me. And I went up to her. And we shared in a moment of just silence, of just looking at each other. And from there, we really. Really connected. We really fell in love. And the things that were happening between us over the rest of that day, that afternoon, and that evening, can't be put into words. It's just so much beyond words, right? We, we wouldn't even have to talk. We would just have these little gestures. We would just have these little things. And we were connecting with this beautiful intricacy of just being with another person, of just loving another person. So that was quite amazing to experience that level of love. And it really is beautiful to have the permission to love someone, to be allowed to love someone, to say, hey, I admire you. Hey, I think you're incredible. Hey, I just want, I want to do everything for you. I want to give you everything that you want. I want to please you in so many ways. I want to support you. I want to tell you that everything about you is so great, even your problems, even your flaws. Hey, I cherish every moment with you. Hey, these moments with you are so precious. They're the story of my life. It's the glory of my my, my journey is to be with you. And of course, love can be this sort of deep intimate thing with a significant other or a partner. And it can also be a state, right? It can be this field. It can be this broad thing where you send it out to everyone, right? And being in Path of Love had showed me that. It had showed me that difference. And it had brought me to this ability to not only have this love of this this beautiful girl that I was with, but also the love of just other people, the people that were around. It was allowed to pour out of me. It was allowed to go on to others. And I really got a deep sense of what that felt like. I really got a deep sense of how it was to relate to people and to meet people. And (laughs) I remember my friend coming up to me a friend who had, I had seen the night before, Path of Love, and she came up to me and she just sort of looked at me like, she sort of held me like this and said, what happened to your face? Let me see what you have done. And I was sort of just looking at her and it was like, yeah, well, obviously something's happened. And she she could see what was going on, right? She's She's into these things. She's been around. She knows what's happening. And it was like, yeah, I mean my face has obviously changed and it's great that there's someone there who can recognize it and it's great that there's someone who can be playful about it, right? That was the that was the great thing about this whole thing is there's this playfulness, right? All of this seriousness, all of this this darkness, all of this heavy hangingness this sort of shadow or the, the the black cloud had had flipped and turned into this glorious thing and the next few weeks after Path of Love were an absolute heaven right every moment was just heaven it was this glorious paradise there's just beautiful friendships amazing conversations, and the band really started to kick off, right? (laughs) The band was now no longer just this okay thing, but it was actually this thing that would tear the roof off, right? Some weeks we would tear the roof off and the crowd would go crazy, right? So, amazing to have all these people around and to have all these things happening and all these... Just beautiful moments. And I remember I remember one day me and my girlfriend were sitting at the cafe and we were sort of just sitting at this table having a tea and a croissant and there's music playing and people dancing and there's people over there. And we were just there for a couple of hours and, you know, someone would come down and sit next to us and talk and then more people would come and join and then other people would leave and then a few more people would come And then they'd bring their food and then some other people would have some food and then they'd leave. And then I remember eventually (laughs) after other people had, you know, brought up other tables and brought up other chairs and, you know, left their dishes and things all over the place. Eventually everyone did leave and it was just me and my girlfriend sitting there. And I said, well, we just sit here and then everyone bustles around us and we burst into laughter <laughs> because it was just like that. You just sit here and everything happens around you. And, yeah, I mean, it's something out of a dream, those couple of weeks. It's, it's this just glorious, beautiful dream That came true. I mean, that's the most astonishing thing about it, right? Is that it actually happened. I was actually there for it. And not only was I actually there for it, but I was present for it. My awareness was aligned with the moment deeply. So, I was not only living it, but I was living to my deepest capacity. So... Yeah, I mean, it's it's near impossible to imagine how good life can be. Well, it is impossible, right? I never could have dreamed this up. And to think that this this was my dream, this is what I came to India for, this is what I was searching for, and to think that I actually found it And it was better, better than I could have imagined, right? How often in life does that happen where you go after something and you have really, really high expectations and it just exceeds them? It it just blows them out of the water. How often in life does that happen? And how often does it happen on every level, right? My body was just perfectly aligned. I was perfectly fit. My emotions were just blooming. There was so much sweetness, so much warmth, so much happiness, so much joy, so much playfulness. My mind and my speech was just sharp, right? Just sharp as clear as I could just say one thing and it would just it would just hit, right? and then not only that but it was also the relationships right the friendship the playfulness the truth of other people right i remember i remember meeting with a friend who'd been through a similar process to me right except he'd done he'd done two mystic roses and then like another course i think it was no mind or something and then like a painting course which was 12 days right it's, it's also another intense consciousness thing like Path of Love. And he'd done all of that back-to-back, back, right? You know, Misty Grows, Misty Grows, No Mind, Painting Course. And he came out the end of that and it was just like, whoa, man, you are unrecognizable. Your whole face has changed. Your posture has changed. And the talk, right? That was probably the most astonishing thing. It's the talking right just sitting in a chair under some bamboo drinking a chai tea or something and having words that are just like so so real come out of this friend and then just land on me like just to to hit me right that was probably one of the most amazing things and yeah i mean <laughs> I could probably go on all day about the beauty of those few weeks. And I did find <laughs> I did find that it goes deeper, right? Path of Love was sort of one of the deepest courses, but there's actually courses that they don't even advertise, right? There's certain courses that you have to qualify for. Well, in fact, Path of Love you actually have to qualify for in a certain sense. It's not like they take anybody. You do need to be at a certain stage of awareness and certain hip to certain consciousness techniques to do it. And yet there's more, right? There are ones that are even longer. There are ones that are even deeper. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's probably enough to give you a hint of what was going on around that time. And now that it comes to it, it does feel a little bit dirty to say anything about it. Like I said at the start, I can understand why so many people would say, you know, you just shouldn't say anything about those things, right? Because talk is dirty. Talk does degrade things. And I do feel like, you know, I have to still push that. I still have to step into that beauty. I have to step into that truth of elevating the, the talk out of the mud into something real, into something precious almost like i'm i'm bringing that ability to speak truth back to where i am now right it's not just something that you ex- experience as a one off it's actually something that you align yourself with right just like just like love right love in a sense is dirty you have to get your hands dirty it's hurtful it's painful but you do have to elevate it you do have to step towards it that's why it's called the path of love right it continues on it's a path it's a journey so yeah i mean i don't i don't want to end so negative i don't want to end on a negative note but it is somehow sad that something so beautiful can't can't be like like why can't the whole world just see this love why can't people see the love right why can't i share the love who says i can't why can't i allow that love to come forth in me more often what's stopping me from living that deepest love even today, right here, right now, in this moment. And that really is my hope, that really is my dream, that really is what we're doing here, now, right? This is love right now. And it might not feel like love, it might not sense something in some mystical way, it might not be this extravagant over-the-top sort of experience, like a peak experience or a breakthrough. But there's still love here. There's still love wanting to come through. There's still connection. Because love wants to happen. And you want to allow it to happen. And it will happen if we could just let go of what's stopping us. If we could just face the truth. So that's a little bit about Path of Love. (laughs) And we will come back next week with what I believe will be the final chapter in this series, what happened in India. So, stay tuned for the next chapter, which will be the end of the series. Thanks very much for tuning in. Hope you have a beautiful day. And that's all I have to say for now.